Hello, hello. This is Sagrada Casa, and welcome to another episode this week. I want to start off with saying thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's been listening. If you follow me on IG um, with the same name, Sagrada.Casa, I just, I reposted a something that came up on Anchor that showed me some stats of how my podcast is doing. And I hit 100, um, 100 people listen to it. And that was really sweet. That was really validating. I felt like I, I got a little boost from that. And I'm really appreciative for anyone who's been curious to listen to what I got to say. <laughs> Thank you to family, to friends, and for people I don't know. I I know that there's some that I don't know and have hit me up on IG and shared, you know, that they've been listening and, and it really resonates what I share. So that means a lot, like a whole lot. Um, It, it definitely continues to motivate me to show up even though I'm really wanting to just show up for myself, it is so nice to also feel like I could show up for others in this way, in a way that that feels good to me. And it also feels really creative and keeps me consistent with the practice. And yeah, and it's also a way to build some kind of community here, right? Um, but yeah, this week's felt long. I don't know for y'all, but since the last recording, it's been feeling like I recorded the last episode months ago or so. Maybe because this week felt just super long. Um, For those that don't know, I've mentioned it maybe a few times in the podcast, but I obviously have a full-time job. Podcasting is definitely not my my, my full-time gig. Not sure if that's the goal, but it definitely is not the reality. I am a social worker, therapist, and a manager who oversees a school-based program um, in in the city that I live in and, and that I grew up in. And it's been a hell of a week just because working in the school system um, and receiving grants from the city to pro- to provide school counseling to to kids, you know, there's a lot of grant writing, there's a lot of report writing, and I am not the type who enjoys that. I know that there's some social workers that do, that love the numbers, that love the the writing and the statistics and analyzing data. I'm not the one. I'm the one who just put put me in front of people and, you know, let's talk and let's, you know, let me connect with someone. Let me build a relationship. Like, that's me. Not the grant writing, not the reporting, but not to say that it's been a great muscle I'm building on something that I particularly don't feel super excited in doing. 
I do feel that is, it is a good tool to know. I, you never know. I have dreams sometimes of like owning a business or maybe starting my own, um, I don't know, nonprofit, but my own type of social entrepreneurship thing. And, you know, sometimes this is a way to go to get money to provide free services or low cost services is really knowing where the money is. And usually that's grants, applying for them and knowing the lingo, knowing how to market yourself. Um, It's its own world. So me, you know, dipping my toes now for a whole year of that world has been extremely eye-opening. It's been such a learning process. I've definitely had to just trust the process too and obviously lean on people who've been doing this for a long time, mentors, my own supervisors, friends. So I'm learning a lot, y'all. And in that in that learning, I always feel like it always, in that expansion of my mind and experiences, it's exhausting. And I get tired and frustrated. So I could say that's probably a reason why this week felt extra long. We just submitted the reports. And I think it's like 30 plus pages of what I submitted. So, um, yeah, wish me luck. I think we should be good. I had some good eyes that oversaw what I turned in. So I think, I, you know, we're going to keep these doors open, y'all. So, so yes, because um, we need it. Obviously, school social work for anyone who's out there um, who are social workers listening, who are in the school systems, it is no joke. There are not enough counselors at the schools, and there's so many needs. We get so many referrals every day, and oftentimes we have to put a lot of our kids in, in a waiting list just because there's not enough of us. And even... You know, just knowing like my friends and family who also have kids in sc- who have kids in schools and they're in need of their own counseling or just support in general in navigating, you know, social situations, bullying, depression, anxiety, um, all of that at the schools. Um it's even hard to talk to my own friends and family about like our own limitations when I know I want to serve all the kids myself in our program and the clinicians that that I work with do too. And they're doing an exceptional job. And, you know, in order to also just show up in such a quality way, you know, that also means not burning each other out. So... It's a catch-22, you know. We we want to do more, and at the same time, we need to care for ourselves so that when we show up, we show up right. So that's just a little snippet of my work life. Um, and, yeah, I, I I think I really wanted to dive a little deeper into this week about... 
I uh, just about how this podcast is landing with people, you know, knowing that, you know, people are listening, um, which I appreciate. I received a message from my dearest cousin, who's on the other side of the of the country in the East Coast, who just sent us such a thoughtful message over IG about what I think a few of the episodes have resonated for her. Especially, I think I was talking about, you know, what does it mean for us Latinas to move out of our home, to move out of our parents' home, usually. And that journey, that mental struggle, the emotional struggle to make that big change, to, to really make that leap. And how we underestimate um, what that would feel like and how hard that is. And I do focus on Latinas because we often are socialized and programmed to really have a different role, take up a different role in our families. You know, oftentimes our if it's our brothers, if we have brothers in our in our family. If they're younger or older, you know, sometimes they're just much more expected to be more independent. And, you know, those that are socialized as women are much more, you know, we're much more expected to be dependent on our parents. I know that if I didn't think about plan consider moving out my parents would have me at their house till till I die (laughs) you know not to be dramatic but they will keep me at home right like that's part of the the expectation or the culture of like you know kids could stay at home forever and it is not something that it's so big or expected in in the culture to be like all right you're 18 you know get ready to like leave the nest. No, it's not like that at all. It's quite the opposite. Leaving the nest is one of the hardest things because there's so much shame, guilt wrapped up around it. And not to mention if we do have family who do depend on us in a perhaps in a a financial way or emotional way or just in many ways, um, you know, for a lot of our families, Sometimes, you know, navigating certain, like, making doctor's appointments or, you know, taxes or just, like, these these things that are expected that our parents guide us and show us are the things that we have to show up and guide our parents to do. Or if they're, you know, maybe some of our parents don't know how to speak speak English and we still are take on that role to help translate and understand sometimes what, you know, if they need to communicate with someone or or read an important document. So these are like real, real deal, real situations that kind of keep us, you know, feeling that we are needing to stay at home um, because how do we, you know, because of course we're going to feel guilt if, if we're not going to be able to provide that for them anymore. Um, So there's so much tied in to staying at home. And 
we keep ourselves locked into that idea after a while, after a long time. And it does take some, some reframing in our minds to really imagine that, you know, in order for us to feel free, we need to embody that. And that means, you know, really going against the guilt, really naming it at first, but also knowing that if there's nothing wrong with prioritizing ourselves and there's nothing wrong with creating healthy boundaries. And by boundaries, that could look very different for everybody, but that means if it's putting yourself first and going for that dream, you know, job that takes you far away or is just moving out of the house, you know, these are important milestones and these are important experiences to have, especially as Latinas, that knowing that the generations before us we're not probably close to having that experience, that luxury to do that. If it was for financial reasons or if it was culturally not acceptable or not seen, you know, it feels even that much harder to do that when you don't see that represented around you. And like I've said before, one thing seeing that in the television or in a movie the other thing is really seeing it with, like, is there anyone in my life that do, has been able to do that and successfully, right? Have they been able to sustain also staying outside, <laughs> living outside of the home? Um, and there's nothing wrong if you ever have to come back home because, shit, it makes sense sometimes. Um, it just has to make sense for you and knowing that it resonates with the plan you have for yourself. But I really appreciated my cousin kind of highlighting how, you know, talking about this has was really, really illuminated how she felt and what she's going through. And I really appreciate that feedback from her because I also wish I could have, you know, I knew someone too and I could talk to someone about that and and ask for support because it's going to, against a pretty heavy stream to to do something that's not that's feels out of the ordinary that it often feels wrong when when it should feel right so shout out to my cousin love you sending you so much courage and clarity on the next steps and you know and it's okay to ask for support for someone who's like moved out on their own because there's so many little things to think about when you want to like move out right it's like knowing your own budget right knowing like that budget is going to change once you move out um, being open to negotiating um, your rental agreement. Some places do negotiate rent. Don't be afraid to ask. 
If they could lower it and throw out a lower number, I wish I would have thrown out a much lower number than I did. And they still granted what I did throw out. But really understanding your finances is going to be important because obviously it's more than just how much rent is. It's also the utilities and, um, you know, groceries. How are you going to have enough budget to also just like still have a fun and go out, you know, and that might change a lot, perhaps. But, you know, have a little cushion and also have some cushion for those rainy days, you know. Um, and sometimes you're going to be strapped. That's just a reality, you know. Sometimes I've had to put, you know, I weigh out, I I do a cost, a cost analysis, right? Like a pros and cons of like, I'd rather be, you know, really tight on money, but knowing that all my bills are paid for, my rent is covered, and I got everything I need. Maybe I don't got extra money to splash and splurge, but everything's covered. And that, to me, feels good, right? And, you know, if there's some fun way to make some money on the side... That doesn't feel like extra work and you're going to burn yourself out. Why not have some extra cash flow? Um, Just knowing that your budget's going to change once you move out on your own. And also knowing the market a little bit. I mean, I didn't do crazy research on that. But, you know, knowing where you live. So many of us perhaps live in some really big, big cities. And we know that rent is extremely high. So also knowing what neighborhoods are more affordable or, you know, or not, which of course is, this goes into a bigger issue of like gentrification and how all of that affects where we want to live in comparison to how much we could afford. So that's a thing. And also just knowing where you're at in your life. If, if you're at a place where you're ready to live on your own own, and not have roommates, not live with a partner, then think about that. I do not think it's impossible to do that. I definitely would obviously have to know your, it's about knowing your financial situation, but I I felt that it was possible and I was able to crunch some numbers and make it happen. Um, or if you don't wanna live by yourself, consider a roommate. Um, You know, if it feels right, you know, this is a conversation you've had with a partner, maybe that's an option. Um, But it's really weighing the cost of what all these decisions, how they may feel. And knowing and keep in mind that some of these decisions, you might not know how they feel until you do them. And that's okay. We can't predict how things are going to feel until you're in them. I know before I moved out, I was pretty fucking scared. I didn't know I was going to last living on my own for long. Um, But honestly, this has been the best decision I've made in my life so far. And I really, really wish this feeling for everybody and to me the feeling is like freedom 
a feeling of like joyful solitude, the feeling of creativity that I could really create the space I love and I want to be in. It's made me a homebody, which if you ask anyone in, in the past, I would love going out, but that's also was to avoid being at home with my parents. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I feel like now that I have my space, I found myself a little bit more. And I say that with like, eh, because, you know, it sounds a little cliche, but in all honesty, it is so true. I've been able to just be with myself and my in my own energy and my own with my own things and and you you really get to know yourself from you know the good the bad the ugly but what an honor it is to know yourself in in its entirety and it's in its beautiful mess that that we are um so anyone who's in that process right now that wants to like, you know, spread your wings and and feel independent, because I think that's what we really want to feel. We want to feel free and we want to feel powerful. And it is a power move. Don't get it twisted. Living on your own feels like a huge power move. So I know it's felt empowering to me in so many ways. Um, if anyone's kind of going through that, you know, I'm just sending you also so much empowerment, so much courage, 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 courage. And it's okay to cry through that. It's okay to feel like you're three steps back before you're five steps forward. Don't let go of that dream and connect with people who is willing to support you in that dream and perhaps keep you accountable, right? Who could be like, hey, have you searched for apartments this week? Or like, hey, have you done your budget this week? Like, that's the kind of friends, that's the kind of people we need in our life who are really going to hold us accountable for the dreams that we say we want to achieve. Um, whatever that is, you know, that doesn't also, that doesn't mean... It's moving out. That could be absolutely anything. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm wishing everyone so much love. This is the, the month of love and Black History Month, Black Future Month. And yeah, I like it. <laughs> I will see you soon. I'll talk to y'all soon. I won't see anyone, but I'll talk to y'all soon. And hope some of this has resonated with someone out there in the universe. Take care. Bye.